everybody. Welcome back to Building Business. Uh, we are not Sean Kuhn and Alex Wolf, uh, your new host. I'm Chase Gibson. I'm Michael Dukoski. And uh, today we'll be interviewing uh, the new level and athletic director, uh, Richard Bryant. Uh, today's episode is about leadership. And we just feel like uh, he exemplified that really, really well uh, throughout his, his career. And we wanted to get some information on him and his life and how he exemplifies that every day. So we hope you enjoy it. And here's the interview. All right, uh, we're here with the, level, the new Love Athletic Director, uh, Mr. Rich Bryant. Uh, Mr. Bryant, Hello. if you could just uh, kind of introduce yourself and introduce your role at Loveland. Sure. Um, my name is Richard Bryant. I am a resident of Loveland. I come to Loveland from Lakotis High School, where I was the athletic director for the last 13 years. I've been a school administrator for the last 17 and a half years. And before that, I was a social studies teacher. I have three daughters that are currently enrolled in Loveland schools, uh, not in the high school yet, but they will be here pretty soon. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you've only been here for a few weeks now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a few weeks into school, mm -hmm. uh, but how would you say that your past leadership roles have compared to the one that you have now? I would say I've been asked this question before, and I think it's a pretty complicated and very politically savvy answer. Everything's the same and everything's different. Uh, there's a lot of similarities, but things are just done differently. I don't know that one's easier or better. It's just when you go from one school system to another, it, it's going to be different. There's going to be, you know, I, I don't always know what key unlocks what door, as simple as that is. So um, it's been great. The parents are great. The kids are great. The teachers are great. Um, I'm, I, live in the, I live in the community, which I think is helpful. Um, but as far as comparing the two, some people would say that where I come from is a lot bigger. I, I don't know that there's a difference in the scope of work. Um, I've taken on some additional safety type responsibilities district wide in Loveland. Uh, so to say that one is different than the other, pretty similar. Um, workload's pretty large, hours are pretty long, um, but there's a lot of support systems in here uh, that are available to me to support me and do the best job that I can. Okay, so uh, obviously you were at Code East before, mm -hmm. which you already said. Which yep. is a very, very, you know, dependent on athletics, fantastic athletic school mm -hmm. uh, coming from over there. So just in your career in athletics, how is how have you seen leadership and exemplified? I think it is potentially the single most important aspect of an athletic program. Um, I put a tremendous amount of emphasis on the quality of coaching and the manner in which a coach uh, operates or structures a program. Uh, the, the ability to lead is something that. Uh, I think a lot of school systems, a lot of athletic departments fall short in. You two have probably been a part of a team or organization where someone has said, I need you to lead and have not given you any direction past that or a pat on the buck, butt or a kick in the, I'm sorry, a pat on the back or a kick in the butt around, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this with little direction on how to do that. Um, if you have a well-oiled machine, if you have a well-organized uh, coaching staff with very clear-cut expectations for kids and families, you have a level of detail and execution and organization that allows teams to operate at a very high level. Uh, you have buy-in from all stakeholders, but those are that's easy to sit here and say that's potentially years and years and years of work. So to say, you know, to get back to the original question around, you know, the role of leadership it dictates almost everything because I need, you know, I think our athletic teams need leadership out of my office. Uh, we need our head coaches to lead. We need our assistant coaches to lead. We need our players 
regardless of gra- of their grade or level or ability level, whatever it might look like to take on whatever their role might be and excel in it. Um, and, and that's, that's an uphill climb no matter where you are. Yeah, for sure. So um, if you could just kind of explain what you've already done this school year mm-hmm. for Loveland and possibly what like a sort of the precedent mm-hmm. that you plan to set at Loveland yeah. for the future. So, no, you're fine. The, the, uh, I interrupted you. Um, that's a big question. So I think you have to be careful anytime you enter into a new position. You, you just don't jump in and, and change everything or it's what things I did at Lakota East aren't going to work in Loveland. It's just they're just very different places. Um, I've tried to learn in the first month. Um, there's been some pretty big changes in approach. Uh, I can tell you. Uh, so we we meet the team night was something that has always been a part of um, Loveland and it has been more of a pep rally. We changed that to a more informational type night for student athletes and their families to talk about expectations, recruiting, eligibility, some pretty heavy topics that we need our kids to understand. Uh, All of our coaches went through a mental health training that I did. Um, It's called QPR training, which is suicide prevention, but it's also just care of student athlete. Uh, another change or initiative that we brought um, is a culture conversation around how we're going to operate program-wide, uh, athletic department-wide. Um, it's called the R Factor, and E plus R equals O, um, which I is probably another podcast to go into, to be honest with you. Um, but we're going to have some, when we talk about leadership in the athletic department, we're going to have some structure on how to teach leadership. When we talk about care of our student-athletes, we're very much going to have a concrete Uh, methodology or application of that. Uh, The thing that we won't do in our department is talk about things and then not follow through on them. So if we're, if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it and we're going to do it very well. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously you you said you've been in this, this kind of situation for almost 17 and a half years. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty long time. So in in your career, just call me old. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) But in your, but in your career, uh, have you seen anything that really, really defines leadership well? I, it probably, yeah. I think it comes down to one of the, when you see it, you know it. Yeah. But could you necessarily describe it or write a how-to? I think it comes down to, it's proactive planning is, is a part of it because you have to be able to foresee challenges. You have to be able to prepare kids for certain situations you know, a good example tonight, our football team will travel, uh, two good examples. Our football team will travel to Milford, which will be a very hostile environment. Our girls soccer team is welcoming one of the best teams in the state of Ohio, historically in Strongsville. Our both coaching staffs, I think, do a good job of preparation for those two programs to be able to, you know, hopefully compete at a high level in that those given situations. But in order to do that, I think you have to work ahead. You have to be proactive. You have to be visionary. And you have to have a concrete plan on how you're going to have kids, no offense, but your kids work through certain situations. If you want to talk about how leadership works in sport, you have, I, I, I'm passionate about a kid's ability to manage the good and the bad. And then I just question, you know, are we having these conversations with our kids? Something goes right on a field, our kids should be able to manage it, not get too high, too low. Um, something goes wrong in your personal life, you need to be able to manage it, not get too high, too low. A lot of these lessons, I think, carry on from an academic area to an athletic area to a social area. 
um, as you guys are getting older and starting to venture out on your own a little bit more. And as you go move into college, the hardest part of leadership is I think you're teaching behaviors and getting somebody to behave a certain way uh, that, that can be an uphill climb. Um, so, I mean, I've heard kind of two different things here mm -hmm. from like throughout my life, like mm -hmm. you can be born a leader, but you can also be kind of transformed into a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, which side of that are you on in your personal opinion? And have you always been a leader throughout your life? Um, good question. Never been asked that question before. Um, well, we would, we would sell a lot of people short if we said you either were born something or you're not. So I don't know that I believe in that. Are there certain individuals who emulate a certain set of qualities that we would identify as a leader? Probably. Um, sometimes they're your better athletes. Sometimes they're your more talented journalists. Sometimes they're your more talented or more um, more talented kids in the show choir, the marching band might gravitate towards leadership roles. So I think that that's a thing. Um, but we would sell the vast majority of our kids short if we said, if you're not born this way, you're never going to make it. I think leadership can be taught. I don't think it's taught very well in most places. Um, I think it's a culture conversation more than a leadership conversation. I'll be honest with you. Um, but if you have a dedicated plan and a clear understanding of how you're going to carry out that plan, I think it, you're going to get to some type of a leadership conversation. Okay. I think, I, I think that's all we have. Uh, actually, there's one more thing. Sure. Just to anybody out there who is, who is trying to become a leader. I mean, mm -hmm. I know everybody that's pretty generalized, but everybody <laughs> wants to be somewhat of a leader. Do you have any tips for them on how to become that? So that's a pretty wide scope yeah pretty broad brush if you will i would tell a kid 14 15 16 17 18 year old try to it, it's actually a skill it's actually a set of behaviors try to there, in any vocation good afternoon students at this time it is now sorry about the interruption but uh as mr Bryant was saying <laughs> uh, so in a given vocation whether it's athletic academic whether it's a skill set whether it's media whether all of those things, there's someone in the world who's become very successful at it. To be a leader or in a position of leadership, I think it's a skill that you learn. So it's just like any other class that you would take, learn how people have um, been able to get to where they've been able to get to based on their education, based on their experiences, what have they been exposed to that has created this whole picture of that person. I would tell any seven. So if you guys want to be, if you two are budding journalists, so are your social media accounts flooded with a bunch of junk smiles or are, or are you following the best in the business to see and learn a craft and a skill and being purposeful in how you do that? Loveland high school and the Loveland city school district will set you up academically better than most. It's a very, very strong academic district. But what I would tell you is if you have this niche that you're trying to get into, understand that niche and what it takes to be successful in that niche. We might be able to offer you this little sliver of what that looks like. Take it upon yourself, lead inside your mind or inside you first prior to trying to lead someone else. Kind of a, a little coach's speak here, but you kind of get your mind right. 
in the position that you're in and with yourself so that you can build off of that and, and hopefully take you into a some type of a leadership role, which I think is where most people probably want to end up. All right. Fair. I have one <laughs> final up, thing. Roll. Um, You're good. I mean, we've been tackling a lot of serious questions here. Just Sure. I mean, I hope that we get a lot of the student body listening to us. Okay. But um, I think it would be helpful if you kind of explain some of your interests, maybe like yeah. some sports teams that you like, just general. You wanna, so you want to hear iron? So you want a little humor? You want to lighten it up? A little bit, yeah. Just so they can get to know if your... If you follow me on Twitter, I follow puns and dad jokes, and I retweet six or seven a day. That will make you laugh, <laughs> ugly laugh. <laughs> um, I will also tell you so weird things. I really... Don't get me wrong. If I can have tickets to a UC game, an Ohio State football game, I love going to watch. I don't know that I sit down and watch sports. Yeah. I would probably say if I work 60 to 80 hours a week, I spend 30 hours a week watching a sport. So I don't go home and turn on a baseball game. I don't know that I've ever done that. Um, I've got three girls that keep me really busy. I do have a side of me that most people... Well, and I'll share. It's okay. I I absolutely love Disney World. I would go vacation there every time I can. I am a diehard Harry Potter fan. I have read the books maybe 10 or 11 times series wide. I've watched every movie. I'm a Potterhead. I can I can talk Harry Potter like there's nobody's business. Um, really have gotten into Game of Thrones, which you guys, are, I don't know if you're old enough to watch yet, so I'm sure you haven't watched it. Wink, wink. Um, yeah. But I'm reading, I'm, I'm just getting through reading those books, which are, I think it's five, like 1300 page monster books. Um, but I spend, when I'm away from work, it's not necessarily, oh, you're an athletic director. No, my interests probably fall outside of that because I do work so many hours here focusing on athletics. I go and watch my kids play sports. I, I, I've got a, a gymnast, a cheerleader, a lacrosse player, a soccer player, uh, and a basketball player, they all three play the piano and two of them play violin and one can sing really well. That keeps my, my wife and I busy, who's also, um, she's in education. She's a school counselor uh, at Lakota East. So we try to find, um, we try to find balance that doesn't involve, like my, now having said that, my whole family's coming to watch the soccer game tonight. Um, but, you know, this summer, I'll just give you a little bit of insight. This summer, we took a trip out West where we were, we were gone for 11 days and seven and a half of those days, we were completely off the grid and it was probably the best. We were in Yosemite. We were in um, Sequoia uh, National Forests where there's just, you, you can have a cell phone. It doesn't matter. There's no towers. Um, but it was really cool to just kind of, we, nobody could get me from work. Nobody could. Um, it was a good unplug for our family. And I think it's something that will move uh, that, that, that detachment or that barrier in between work and, Private life is very important. As I get older, I see the value of that. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. But uh, thank you. You're welcome. For, thank for you for coming much. on. Yeah. And uh, that is the first episode of Budding Business. So uh, come back for more.